their home base for um, probably three, four years. Four years. Um, but they really have traveled the United States, fueling and imparting, imparting and envisioning the houses of prayer. Um, and I actually, when we were launching Jayhawk Boston, it, we were the first kind of launch out of D.C., and we kind of had a roundtable in D.C. in 2005, and that's actually when I met the Halls, was in 2005 when we were kind of discussing beginning other J-Hops, and that was my introduction to them. And all I can say, and you'll, you'll experience it yourself from hearing from them, they are the most genuine, authentic people that you will ever meet in your life, is that when you talk about prayer and fasting, it's not a theory that they will teach you systems and models. It's the reality of their lives. And um, they live it in the hidden place. They live it in the secret place. I, I just actually was in Dallas for one of the calls and sitting with Marianne and asking her about, because they, just so you guys know, when you guys see the call, like on God TV, and it's really awesome, and everybody's on a stage in a jumbotron, and they have their tags all hanging, usually there's a team of people that have gone for 40 days before. And they've actually, in the place of prayer and fasting, They've labored, and specifically in Detroit, they were laboring for unity amongst the pastors there. But there's a lot that goes in beforehand and behind the scenes. And a lot of people just experience the overflow of what people sacrificed for 40 days. And their family is a very real part of that team of people that goes in to prepare the soil prior to. So in Dallas, she, their family did the night watch. <laughs> they carried night watch for the 40 days. Um, so they're really people that deserve our respect and our honor, and we're blessed to have you guys here today. We love you. I love you guys. Um, no, it's, it's, it's okay. I don't, Amy's got three, it's a lot. <laughs> This is my wife, Marion. Hello. Let her say hello. So the J-Hop Intensive, absolutely. We are so excited about this. And in fact, we were just up in Maine and um, encouraging everybody and anybody to come. So, I mean, as far as, you know, your Facebook, Twitter, social media, you probably, I mean, there's some that go, prayer movement, what are you doing? You go to, you go to J-Hop, what's that? This is a phenomenal on-ramp for them to just get a feel for what's happening, especially if they're hungry at all. It's just, I am so excited for what's going to be happening here as far as just a training and a training by the best, really. Yeah. You know, it's like my kids, you know. I'm thinking, oh, I wonder when Dylan and Levi could come. <laughs> so. You can probably send Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite yet. So we have seven children. Those are two of my sons there. Yeah. Um, two of my daughters here behind my wife. And Victoria's hiding in the corner. And my two older sons are on the West Coast. Well, actually, one's in Kansas City, one's on the West Coast. So they go from 26 down to 8. We have a pretty good span. We've, uh, for the last 15 years or so, we've been, uh, we've been kind of on a, an adventure with the Lord. Um, we were normal people at one time. <laughs> I, had a, I had a business on the West Coast. And uh, what happened is we, we got a hold of this, this teaching by Joy Dawson, who's a, she's, a, she's from New Zealand, mm-hmm. and she's a YWAM, a Youth with a Mission teacher, and it was, it was talking about hearing the voice of God and, and being guided by the, the, I think the title was Divine Guidance mm-hmm. of the series, and we listened to it, and, and it was kind of like, you know, we were your average normal American Christians. I was a deacon in the church, I was in business, we were had a young family growing, and uh, we listened to this series of, of teaching, and it just challenged us to, to really hear the voice of God, and then, you know, then the next thing is, I mean, one of the times I was praying, I was asking the Lord, and He said, do you really want to know? Do you really want me to speak to you? Because if I do, then, then you're accountable. You know, and so there was, there's a responsibility that goes with it. When, when you start asking the Lord clear, specific questions on, on direction, are you willing to obey? Wow. And, uh, and I said yes, and I've said yes over and over and over again the last many years. And, and life's an adventure. <laughs> we've, uh, Bethany said we've been in, in Kansas City for four years. 
about half of that four years we've been somewhere else besides Kansas City. We, everywhere Lou Engle goes, we've we've already been there pretty much. <laughs> but that's part of that's what we've part of our calling is just to, like you said, to go and prepare the way and, and to help in We've done uh, two two times we've been in Boston with, with different teams. Uh, one was about six years ago, and then four years ago. No, I don't know. I get them anyway. One was about six years, and one was maybe two years ago, something like that. But just really, really believing for breakthrough in Boston, and um, yeah, it's coming. It's yeah. I know it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. you guys. You, you're faithfully plowing and, and building here, and God's there's going to come a point where it's, this place is going to be way too small come for on. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should tell them about the Kentucky. Okay, go ahead. She's actually my favorite preacher. I mean, she went, she doesn't we don't turn her loose much, but when we do, it's <laughs> let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask for ears to hear. Lord, we're here. We we've all heard too many sermons in our lives. We've had so much, God, we've we need not just a sermon. We need the word of the Lord. We need ears to hear. We need eyes to see. We need our heart to to connect and, and to respond to what you're saying. God, help us right now that we would walk out of this room when we leave, but we would walk out with something that we can take into next week, that we can apply in our lives, God, that we can walk out with you. I ask for revelation. Teach us your ways, God. We don't, we don't want to know intellectual information. Teach us your ways. We just admit that we, we totally depend on you. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1 says, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. I was, I was, as we were worshiping here just a bit ago, I was just communing with the Lord, and this verse kept rolling through my mind, verse 4 especially. When Christ, who is our life, is He your life? Is He really our life? I... Are we living in a way that that Christ is our life? Or is it 15 other things that that are... In our Western culture, we are are so distracted. Everyone, I mean myself included, it's, is He your life? He just kept asking me this question. Am I your life? Am I really... Is that what your life is about? This is something I can't answer for you. This is something each of us has to answer for ourselves. Is He really your life? And what does that mean if you say yes? I mean, it's the right answer. In Genesis 22, uh, the Lord calls out to Abraham, and Abraham, and He says, Yes, Lord. In the Hebrew, it's, it's hineni. It's basically, behold me. It's yes, and here I am. Abraham had no idea that the next words out of, the, out of God's mouth were, take your son, go to the mountain, and slay him. He had already said, yes, I'm available to you. If you look through Scripture, there's many places where God will call to, some, to uh, Isaiah, um, Moses, Abraham, Samuel. If you look up these references, it's, all, it's the same word. God calls and they all say, yes, Lord. So it's the right answer. When God calls you, the right answer is, yes, I'm available. But then, like I said, if you really want to hear the voice of God, 
If you're really going to say yes to Him, your, your response to the next thing is, is all important. On how you respond to what, when God says, okay, you said yes, guess what? You thought you were, you were going to live in the U.S. and have a nice life? I'm sending you to South America, to the jungles. I'm sending you to Africa. I'm sending you to a Muslim country. Your life is not your own. When Christ who is your life, if your life is really in that place hidden with Christ, are you dead to, to the ambitions of, of our culture? Are you dead to the ambitions of your own soul? This is something we all have to, you know, this is an adventure, like I said, you, you walk out with the Lord. But when you say yes to Him, it's, it's so awesome. I'm telling you, I wouldn't trade it for anything. People say, oh, they sacrificed so much. They've given up, you know. And and I guess if you look at it in that way, you can see, I mean, there were there was a season where God said, take everything you have, you know, and my and I got rebuked by my best friend. He was a, my intercessor and friend. The Lord said, take everything you have, sell it, and then give it all away. And he goes, you can't do that. That's, you know, who does that? That's, that's wrong. You, you can't live like that. And you have five kids. What are you thinking? And it, so, in a way, if you looked at the sacrifice, yeah, it, at the time it seemed like it was huge and everything, but I look back and I think, I would, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Because what we have gained out of that in relationship with God is it's invaluable. There's nothing that compares. And before we did that, those, there was you know, some things that had hooks in me. You know... Uh, I want this kind of lifestyle, I want to live in this kind of house, I want to drive these kind of cars, and you know, all the stuff. But once I had left that, I mean, we live in a house, a house nicer now than we lived in before, but that house is not mine. I, I own it, but it's, it's God's house. It's, and in fact, while we're traveling, multitudes of people live in our house. <laughs> we had one girl, she said, I've lived in your house more than you have. <laughs> But it's not our house. The Lord totally gave it to us. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got like four messages. I'm going to squeeze into about one message. So you better listen fast, okay? <laughs> but really, it's all the same thing. It's, it's about living your life in that place of hiddenness with Christ. Are you really, are we as the, as the people of God, I mean, it's, it's easy to, to get into the deal where you go to church, you put in your time, and you... And you, but you still have your life. You still have. Well, this is where I'm going. I'm, you know, before I got saved, I was going to be a businessman. Now I'm going to be a Christian businessman. This whole thing of surrender, saying yes to God. He may have a different plan for you than you have. Are you willing to say yes to Him before? It, it's like He gives you the contract and says sign right here, but you can't read the writing. <laughs> Are you willing to trust Him? He, I'm just telling you, there's, in uh, Psalm 25, there's a verse, I think it's 25, 14. What's it say? He shares with you. Don't ask me. Let's look at that. Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the Lord. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear Him. He will make them know His covenant. And there's a lot in that verse. I'm just going to touch on one thing. The secret, I believe, one of the, the secret of knowing and this, this walk with this relationship with God where it's not just, you know, kind of a vague, faraway thing, and, and, but it's a personal, intimate relationship where you're hearing from God and he, He's... He's talking to you. You're, you know, you're communing with him back and forth. The secret of the Lord is, is covenant. It's covenant. It's he is a covenant keeping God. So he's called us as when we come to him. You know, we surrender our life. It's that whole thing of yes, Lord, I'm yours. That that place of laying down your life, your ambitions, and saying yes to God. We uh, and this is it's kind of a progressive thing in my life. It's it, it's been many times where he'll bring me to another level of are you willing to go there? Um, early on in the years it was like are you willing to leave your business? Are you willing to 
to leave your stuff? Are you willing to take your family and move across the country, not knowing where you're going, really, just knowing that he said to go? And we've done that a few times. <laughs> but then he said, uh, as we were living in Florida, he asked me one time, he said, are you willing to take your children? And it's one thing for you to say, I'm willing to go, Lord, I'll go you know, anywhere in the world you want. Are you willing to take your family and your kids and put them in, in places that may be uncomfortable and not even safe? Are you willing to trust me at that level? At one point he asked us, are you willing to trust me with how many kids you have? You know, that's, that's, that'll mess with you. In our, I mean, the church, we don't, we don't go there very much. We, we kind of plan our life, you know. If you're going to have this kind of lifestyle, you have to have, you know, only a certain amount of kids. What if God wants you to raise a bunch of them and influence the world? I have my kids are they're going to change the world. They are they are influencers. They are I'm raising leaders and those that you know. This my little evangelist over here is going to go take over some nation, right? She's like, really? But seriously, God has given. I didn't really, that wasn't where I was going, but it's, this is one of the things that he challenged us. Are you willing to trust me with your family? Are you willing to take them wherever I send them? So then, and I'm going, yes, Lord, I, I am. And so he said, move to New York City. Yesterday we told Bethany the story, but she's not here, so I can tell her. <laughs> Marion says, don't tell that story, tell another one. Because I'm, I'm seriously... The thing about covenant is when you surrender to God and you say yes to Him, look in Isaiah 59, or actually Isaiah 58. This is the, uh, the other side of covenant. Isaiah 58, verse 9. That you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. It's the same, the same remember I told you Moses said, here I am. It's Hanani. It's the same phrase. There will come a point where as you covenant with the Lord to walk out this relationship with him, you're going to call to him and say, help, I'm Lord, I need help. And he's going to say, here, here am I. I'm right here. Yes, I'm here for you. So, he tells me to go to New York City. We, the only thing is, we had, I just finished Bible school for the second time. We have six children, and we have we pay all the bills, and there's no money. I mean, like, nothing. But we're moving to New York next week. And, we've been, and this wasn't done with, you know, a flipping. This was done over several months, hearing God consistently, my wife confirming the, our, our spiritual leadership, authority, saying, yeah, I think it's the Lord. And we're in agreement. So it was It was not done just on, you know, this sounds like a great thing to do. Let's go jump off the cliff, you know. It was with counsel, but it, but it looked totally impossible. I mean, utterly, totally insane, honestly. We had a moving truck with all our stuff. We have our huge dog. We have six children. And we're moving to New York City with no place to unload the truck. I have one phone number of a guy I've never met. <laughs> <He's better. laughs> I have a phone number of a guy I've never met, and I've been trying to call him for a, this. A lady came to a prayer meeting, and she said, uh, "My uncle, who died, has a brother who lives in New York City, and I, I think he might have apartments." So that was our strong connection to New York. <laughs> so we're calling this guy. And we're actually driving into New York City. We're an hour out. We're in, in New Jersey. And uh, he finally answers the phone. It's on Sunday night. And I have, just even getting that far was a miracle. We, we got halfway, we got to uh, Atlanta area. We, we, it's like, uh, Lord, we're, either we stay here in Atlanta or we need provision. As we're praying about that and asking the Lord what to do, the phone rings. It's a guy that lived in that area. He wants to have dinner with us. And he came over and as he left, he handed me a check, which was enough to get us get us up there. And say, we don't, we've, we've just made a covenant with the Lord, we'll make our needs known to you, and, and we'll trust you, because Lord, if you're not going to, if you're not in this, I'm not doing it, then I'll go back to, you know, to business, I'll go back to, I know how to make a living. 
But he has been faithful to his side of the covenant every step of the way. And he'll do this for you. Your life will look different. It's, your life is not going to be like mine. It's going to be like yours. But if you walk in covenant with him, he will, he will be faithful to you every step of the way. You might learn the difference between a need and a want. Which a lot of times in America, we, we think we need steak, but you know, we just need some good food. And God has taught us, he's, He totally retrained us. He took us through a whole season of going from you know, the American lifestyle to uh, living by His economy. So we, uh, we drive into New York City. I call this guy, he answers the phone, and I say, I'm looking for an apartment. And he's, we talk a little bit, he says, well, the only thing I have, it's, it's in Queens. It's been vacant for seven years. I use it for storage, and it's above my funeral home. But if you want, I'll rent it to you for $1,400 a month. And so I'm thinking, well, three-bedroom apartment, Queens, $1,400, that's pretty good, because we looked around down there, and it's, it's expensive. I mean, it's probably the same way here. So I said, well, look, we'll look at it. I didn't tell him I didn't have any money. But we, we get there. <laughs> I just like, Lord, if you don't open a door, we're going we're gonna to die on the streets of New York. <laughs> so we get there, we go in, we look at the place, and, and it's, got, it's above a funeral home, and it's got storage, you know, things that they would store from a funeral home. And uh, drag queen stuff that his son left there. I mean, it just it was, it was interesting. Exorcism. Yeah, all, all, every night. I'm telling you, living above a funeral home is interesting. I learned how, I learned to do the night watch. But within an hour, as we talked, the guy says, "Look, if you move everything out, you take it downstairs. You take it had this seventy shag carpet. He said you can pull up the carpet. It's got wood floor underneath it." And uh, if you do all that, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the first three weeks free. You can move in and pay the rent, you know, first of the next month. We lived there four months, and he would not take a dime from us. Wow, wow. This was not a Christian. He's just a New York businessman. But God just gave us favor. This is covenant. See, when you cry, when, you, when you, you're in covenant with the Lord, and you trust Him, and when He says, take, do, you know, take your life and, and go this way, you say, yes, Lord, I'll walk in your direction. And then when you get about three steps, you realize, ah, you know, you call out to God, and He will open the door for you. He will put pavement under your feet. Or there have been times where He says, jump, and, and, and He'll catch you. He does. I mean, we've done it time, and it's like, you know, this spiritual um, bungee jumping. You know? <laughs> it's scary at times, but, you know, it's always going to be okay. <laughs> He'll catch you before you hit the bottom. Covenant. He's faithful. He's faithful. You got to hear this because we don't. You know, in our nation, in our culture, we don't trust him because we have insurance and we have medical system and we have savings and we have all the systems. And it's nothing. Not that those are wrong. It's just who do you trust? Where is your faith? Is it in? You, is is it in a covenant relationship with the Lord? Because there will come times when all those other things are going to be shaken whether it's through a national deal or if it's just a personal crisis, the things that you trust in will be shaken. It's going to come down to, are you really trusting God? Are you walking in covenant with Him? Sometimes it's good just to pause and just to, just to kind of think about it a little bit. So we lived in New York City for three years. We went there with with absolutely nothing, and we thrived in the city. God, I mean, He opened up a house for us. Just I could tell you story after story after story of God's provision and keeping His covenant. We uh, we left there, and we uh, it's been a, it's been a continual adventure in our life. At one point, we were. We were traveling for about 18 months straight, going from one call event to the other. During the midst of it, we came through Kansas City to visit, and the Lord said, buy a house. And you got to understand, we had gotten rid of credit cards. We had 
basically for 10 years, no credit history, just just living, you know, by faith, really. And the uh, Lord said, buy a house. I laughed. I said, yeah, right. I mean, how are we going to buy a house? We, I don't even know how I'm going to drive from here to Charlotte, which is where our where we lived at that time. And the Lord said, just, just you know, it's this whole thing of, are you willing to obey, whether it's go to Africa to be a missionary or, or buy a house? Are you, willing to, are you willing to walk in covenant with the Lord? So we said, okay. So we, we go, we find this house, get the number off of the paper, call the realtor, and they say, well, let's see, if, let me do a credit check on you and see if you qualify. And they did a credit check, and lo and behold, we came back with like, our credit was like seven, eight, 700s, high 700s. And I'm going, well, how can that be? I mean, we, we don't even have, we haven't used credit for years. So, don't check it twice, just, okay. <laughs> so then, I mean, just, there's a whole story that goes with that. The Lord, right down to the very day we moved in, we needed $5,000 more for the down payment. I mean, we're, we, we, again, we left, uh, I know we're sounding crazy, but listen, God's faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just, Abraham has Isaac on the altar, and he's like this, and God says, okay, stop. He's faithful to, to intervene at the right time. We leave Florida, we drive all the way to Kansas City with our, all again, all of our stuff. This time we have... Charlotte. We left Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Okay, whatever. Yeah, Charlotte. Right. They don't care. <laughs> we drive to Kansas City. This time we have all of our stuff and we have seven children. And we're, we're going to unload this truck into the house. And we're going to close on Monday afternoon. We're unloading on Monday morning. And we don't have the down payment. And Mary's like... It's 7 o'clock in the morning. Do you realize we can't do this? We cannot unload our stuff into a house that we don't, we don't have the down payment for. I was crying. She was crying. She was having a meltdown. I'm going, oh, good. God's going to come through. Because whenever she gets to that point where she, she melts down, God shows up. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's, I've seen this a number of times. The kids get really excited. Yay, Mom's crying. <laughs> <laughs> So we're praying about it we're right then. So here, let's pray. And I'm, I'm all happy because God's going to do something. I'm praying. And the phone rings. And it's a guy from the Bahamas that, that I... It's crazy. I met this guy several months before. He says, hey, I want to help you with your house. But after that point, he like fell off the face of the earth. And he, I couldn't get a hold of him. He never called me. So right at that point, he calls and says, hey, how's it going with the house? I want to help with the down payment. And I said, well, it's, we need $5,000. He said, I'll wire it today. <laughs> so we, and, I'm, and we're kind of got, like, we're like, is this guy for real? Because we didn't really know him. And we'd met him like twice. And he seemed a little slippery and just, you know, we're just kind of <laughs> So we're, we're like, we're unloading our stuff. We're moving into the house. And we're just praying, Lord, you know, is this really, is he going to do this? And, uh... We get in the car, we're, we're actually in the realtor's car, getting into the car, and he called me, he said, hey, the wire won't go through, there's something, they're having, the bank's having problems, and, and so I'm going, oh, great, you know, and so we get there, and we're signing the papers, and the, the wire hasn't come through yet. She says, well, let's go ahead and do all the paperwork, maybe it'll be here you know, by the time we're done. So literally, we signed the last paper, and she goes and checks, and then it just came in. I mean, right down to the last second. Wow. But have a house. Yeah. God gave us his house and he's made every payment on it. I mean, covenant. He is faithful. He is able. You know, you guys are, you're in a place where it's, I've been praying this the last several weeks for the J-Hop communities above and beyond. It's, I think we're entering a season where God's going to start doing above and beyond those things that you're asking. Yeah. You know, Matt Lockett and, and J-Hop in D.C., there's I'm, I'm praying for for the base for them and for you guys to, for not only for that building but for housing for, you know Bethany's dream. There's coming a missions movement, a third grade awakening missions movement. It's coming right out of here, out of this this region. Yeah. I I really believe we're coming into a time where God's going to start accelerating and pouring out above and beyond all you can ask, think, or imagine. That's that's my. I want to give you just a couple more things. What time is it? You're doing great. Five seven. Oh, good. I can preach a whole other show. Uh, I'm on. <laughs> Which one should I pick? There it is. 
First Timothy. I want to give you this just to... Now, you may not, you know, this, this works on a corporate setting, but also for your individual life. The, the principles are the same. Turn to First Timothy. First Timothy. One eighteen. It says this: This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience. The prophecies previously made. Paul is telling him the things that we prophesied over you. Those weren't just, you know, for to be written in your journal. Those were to be used as fuel to fight the fight that you're that you're in, involved in. So, with the the J-Hop here, with with the vision that God's given you, with your own personal life, things that God has spoken to you. It may have been a prophetic word. It may have been a dream. It may have been just this this. Think about the times in your life where you've gone, you've been moved to tears by the Lord, or you've been just like, "This is why I'm. This is what I'm all about." You know, those. Have you experienced those times where it's like, "This is who I am. This is why I." It totally makes you come alive. Whether it's, you know, whether it's leading worship. I mean, I kind of think that might be part of worship. <laughs> Whatever it is for you. It, the times where you've just encountered, it's like, yes, this is really, you know, this is who I am. I'm alive in this. Those, those windows of, your, of your, your experience and the times when God has spoken words over you, those things are, are not just to go, wow, wasn't that neat ten years ago. God's giving you a word so you can fight with it. Amen. Joseph, you know, in the Bible, Joseph, he has this dream. He sees himself as this leader, and you know everybody else's brothers are bowing down to him. God gave him that dream, and then what happened next? He's in the you know he gets thrown in the pit. He gets sold into slavery, and everything looks totally opposite of what his dream was. I mean, he's going to be a leader, but now he's a he's a slave. He's working in Potiphar's house, and he's he's the the newest slave in the house, so he's doing the the menial, the worst jobs, right? But during that time, God raises him up. So how does, how does God take someone, he's going to give them a, this huge dream of, of being a, a, a leader of a, of, of a whole nation, his family and everybody. What's he do to prepare him for that? He makes him be a slave. He teaches them to serve. He teaches them to, to work, and then he works his way up. And the Potiphar sees watches him and sees that he knows how to work, sees he's making wise choices, and he puts him in leadership. He gives him a little more authority, a little more responsibility. So he's being trained. Yeah, he's, in, he's in slavery, totally not doing what he's called to do in his mind. He's being trained to lead a household. So you know, before long, he's over the whole place, and he's running everything. He's making decisions. He's dealing with other people. Then he gets thrown into prison. I mean, it's it's like he's he's moving up and he, he's backing. He's, now he's in prison, but the same thing there. Now he's he's running the whole system. The whole prison system is under his command. Eventually, God trained this man through the years of hardship. Every one of the you look at the biblical characters. It's this is God's ways. So he will take you, he'll give you this great dream, and that's, that dream might, you're thinking, wow, I'm, gonna, I'm going for that. And, it's, and pretty soon it's, you hit something, and it's 20 years later, and you're thinking, whatever happened to that? I mean, do you, do you just leave it? Or, but this, Paul says, fight. It's a struggle. The fight is it's, it's all part of the deal. God hasn't left you. He's using the struggle to make the man, to make the woman... So that when you are when you step into that place that he's called you to, it won't destroy you, and you'll be able to to actually do what he's called you to do. Yeah. 
if God gave you the answer, the, the full success of what the vision He has for you right now, it would probably ruin you. Psalm 105, I think it's... Uh, That's good. Psalm 105, 19. It says, Until the time that His word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested Him. This is talking about Joseph. The word of the Lord tested Him. It proved Him. It prepared Him. It's the same thing with Jehob Boston. It's the same thing with your own personal life. The words that God gives you, the, the prophecies, the vision, the dreams, those things will test you, improve you, and prepare you for the fulfillment. And you have a choice. You can say, in the middle of it, you can say, ah, forget it, you know, and just bag it all and just live, in a, live your normal American life. Or you can continue to pursue and fight and wrestle. It's, it's in the wrestling with God and the wrestling with the circumstances that the character of Christ is formed in you. So this is all, it's so important. And this is all part of covenant. God loves you enough to let you fight it out and struggle. And I mean, there have been times with some of my dreams, it's like, I don't even want this dream, Lord. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> you gave it to me, and I don't want it anymore. It's too painful. Yet he keeps, he continually brings us back to where he's, you know, fight it out. Wrestle. Persist. Fight the fight. Do not give up, because in the end, he's faithful. In the end, he's a covenant-keeping God, and he will fulfill the word of the Lord over your life. The destiny of God for your life, He will totally fulfill it. The question isn't with Him, it's with us. Are we going to stay the course? Are you going to give up in the hard times? Are you going to get distracted with the pleasures of life? Or are you going to continue on and, and to see Him, to watch Him fulfill it in your life? I'll give you a couple more. This, you guys can take these and chew on them later. References Ezra six fourteen and Ezra five two. It's talking about the rebuilding of the temple, the rebuilding of Jerusalem, and, and basically says that they they rebuilt the temple through the prophesying of the prophets, with the help of the prophets. The things that God has spoken over your life, you take those words and you fight with them. That's fuel. That's ammunition. For, for the battle, because it's, it's it's not easy being you know walking with the Lord and being you know really a follower of Christ is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do too. I wouldn't trade a bit of it. I mean, we've we've been through some struggles, we've been through some battles, but we've also seen that God has totally blessed our life. You know, our real treasures. Probably twenty years ago, my my eyes were on the treasures of I want to this kind of life and business and finances. And I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be a finance missionaries, right? <laughs> the treasures that I've found in these last years are, it's my children. They all, I mean, they're with us. They're not, they're not rebellious. Our family. And then we've been connected with little communities around the nation like this that, I mean, all over. There's, there's just the treasures of God. That, that we were in Detroit here a few months ago and it's midnight. It's in a, a basement church somewhere in Detroit. It's an African American church, and there's Chantel, my daughter, and a few other worship leaders there. And it was just one of those nights where it's like we were just there for doing a prayer meeting with them leaders. And it was just like this is such a gift of God, you know, black, white together worshiping the Lord, the presence of God in the place. And he started talking to me about the hidden treasures. You know, it, it, it's, in Isaiah 45, it talks about the, 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 the wealth hidden in secret places. It's yeah. not, yeah. at this point, it wasn't money he was talking about. He said, these are my hidden treasures. The, the, the treasures that are hidden in Christ. Why don't you come on up and get the guitar? Ones that are hidden, their lives already said it. He said it's okay. <laughs> She's like, no My mic might be a little bit. The wealth of the kingdom hidden in secret places. It's in the church. It's in you. It's talking about the revealing Colossians three. 
when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. The glory of the Lord is going to start being revealed in your life and through your life. As he was, you know, telling some of the stories as far as, you know, when we went to New York, we literally just prayed the whole way. This is kind of before we both had cell phones, so it was, it was you know, almost a decade ago. It was a decade ago. And so we're praying in walkie-talkies back and forth from the moving truck to the suburban, literally just praying in the spirit the whole way. There was contending. We fasted. We prayed. It's not just that. It's not a silver platter Christianity. This is. There's a contending house of prayer for a reason because God has called you to rule in the gates of the city, but He's called us to rule as His royal priesthood in our own homes, in our own neighborhoods, and what He's asked us to do. So He'll give you the promise. He'll give you the prophetic destiny. But then, are we willing to contend for it when we feel like we're we're in the pit of the birth canal, and is there ever going to be light of day? And you're pushing pretty hard, God. You know, I'm feeling a little squished here. But as you come through and you come out, you see the light of day. As we contend with his promises, those are our weapons of warfare. God has spoken big things, not only over your lives. You know, and, and you go, like he might say, you know, I'm not calling you to just be in a business for yourself. I'm calling you into city politics. It's like... I don't want to do that. I want to live a nice life. I don't want people not liking me. You know, it's like, let me just be happy in my own little world. But he might be calling you above and beyond what you ever asked or imagined. He's put desires in your heart. You might have seen glimpses at time. You might have tasted and seen. Your heart comes alive. You begin to weep and you go, wow, there's something on this. But, oh, that's not for me. That's, that's for Daryl and Bethany. That's not me. That's no one. You know, no, that's Will. He's the one that's supposed to sing. He's the one that's supposed to play drums and play keyboard at the same time. <laughs> it's like, what is God saying to you? Then corporately, it's above and beyond just this house. It's it's a, a call intensive. It's multiplying yourself. That a, a move of the Spirit can go from the East Coast to the West Coast. We're up and ministering a main um, Rod was seeing, you know, light, uh, lighting uh, little fires all across the East Coast as the, the evening worship on Friday night in the different houses of prayer. And as the time, you know, the time changes all the way across the states, that all the way into the night, all the way across California. It's bigger than us. It's just bigger than here. There's a move of the Spirit. And what He has spoken is yes and amen. Yes and amen. His promises are true that there is going to be a student missions movement birthed out of intercession, birthed out of prayer. That you guys are the seedlings to a great harvest that is yet to come. I want you to just uh, go ahead, stand, kneel, close your eyes. I want you to just be with the Lord at this moment. There's things that He's spoken to you personally. Yes, there's the corporate thing. And we contend corporately. That's that's a given. But there's things he's spoken over you, whether it's to, to give yourselves full time in the house of prayer or to give yourself wholeheartedly in the business world, in, in ministry, whatever it is that he's saying, if it's politics, if it's education, if it's Harvard, if it's the Ivy League schools, there's things that he's spoken to you. And even some of you girls, maybe it's just... Are you willing to have as many children as I ask you to have? Whatever it is, it's that, that blank contract that I want you to just see before you once again. Are you willing to sign that without having the fine print filled in? Do you trust him enough to sign your name without reading the fine print? If he is faithful to begin a good work, he is faithful to complete it in your lives. If he is faithful to bring you this far, he will not abandon you. That he will bring it to pass. That his his purposes are to bless you and not to harm you. That he has called you into his good pleasure. That he is trustworthy. Are you willing, are you willing to sign your name to that blank contract and say, Hanini, here I am. Here I am. I know that you are going to be on the other end, Lord. 
that whatever I have need of, it's going to be there. Whether it's advisors, whether it's finances, whether it's great favor in the city gates, whatever it is, God, I know that you are able. He has called you to the impossible. He has called Jehovah to the impossible because he is able to complete the good work. He has called you to the impossible because therefore his glory can be made manifest in your midst. If he called you to the possible, then you would just go, look at what I just did. Look at what we just did with Jehovah. No, he's called you to the impossible so that he can manifest his supernatural glory in your midst. Are you willing? Are you willing to just say, yes, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. You are able. I trust you. I'm willing. Yes, Lord. Here am I. Here am I. Here am I. I'll go where you send me. I'll stay if you tell me to stay. I'll do what you tell me to do. Just take a little bit of time and respond to the Lord in this moment. Your sister plays this song and just sings. Just... I can't help but just think that the Lord wants to get a yes in our spirits to sign up anew and afresh to His will, His purpose for our lives. city, Lord, that you have not tied us to a dead-end dream, but God, you have given us these dreams to accomplish, but Lord, you're doing the inward working of sanctification. Father, we say yes to you. And Lord, we declare to this evening, God, that we want to come out of just the westernized mindset, living only for today, living for the nice house, Lord, the full paycheck, God, without even trusting you in your provision. Father, in this area, God, in the Cambridge area, Lord, where so many rely solely upon their own intellect, God, we ask, Lord, for the breaking of your kingdom upon your people, Lord, that we would realize that our lives, just as the scripture declares, are not our own, but we've been bought by a price. So, Father, today, we lay ambitions, Lord, these dreams before your feet, God, and say, here we are, do your work within us, do your work within us, Abba.
I ask for grace to be released in this place. The grace to relinquish control. The grace to per se, give up the steering wheel and let you take over, God. Lord, that we would have grace to trust. Lord, when the bank account isn't what we want it to be, Lord, when things aren't seemingly see, uh, seeming, God, good, even in our ministry, Father, we ask, Lord, for just the grace to relinquish control to fall in this place. Over our academics, over our schooling, God, over our jobs, Father, we ask, Lord, for the ability to trust in You and not the work of our own hands. Father, I ask to sit in this room, come upon us. Community that trusts You wholeheartedly is going after You. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, we want to do this. We want to take up a, an offering for the Hall family. You know, they have... Uh, Throughout America, I've strengthened small communities like this. How many feel strengthened even by this word? I know I do. It really lines some things up for me, adjusts my heart in many ways, and gets me focused on the more important aspects, the more important things. And um, I just, I want a community to bless these guys as they, uh, you know, live by faith. They really do. I mean, this is not a message that you're just hearing people not living in the reality of what they're preaching. These are people who are living in the reality of everything they're speaking. And I don't want them to leave this place without being blessed. So we're going to take um, an offering for the Hall family. What you can do is just make your checks out to JF Boston. We will just give them one, one check, okay, at the end of today. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, we're available. Noah, myself, Jordan, my wife, Will, whoever it might be, are available. We'll just leave the basket in the back of the room, and you can just drop it in there. Remember, make your tracks out to J.L. Boston. We'll just cut them one deal. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, for the inward working, the hand of God in our lives, Lord, that you use today to further that work, to forge the image of Christ inside of us. Lord, go deeper. Go deeper within us, Lord, until, until the day we are complete. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, we love you. Be blessed. And we hope to see you again. Have a good Sunday.